Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Introducing the Corner Booth, a football podcast covering the latest trends and news in college football and the NFL. Here are your hosts, Jared and Mark. All right, folks, welcome into the Monday edition of the Corner Booth podcast. we got a big show today. We are also announcing that Thursday we'll be moving the report card to that, so it's just strictly rundown and going over games today because we got so much stuff to talk about and we got a couple other things to run down other sports. But honestly, I'm just so excited. So, Mark, let's just get into it. Let's get right into it. we got the uh... – Crazy weekend, and this whole playoffs has been kind of like here and there. Everyone says the football has been pretty terrible, but I mean, it was just insane. Two overtime games, missed calls, uh, over it was crazy. I, I, you know, what's so funny? Like, I was doing a marathon, like, I started drinking at one, like, double IPAs at one, and finished up around like 10 30 when the game ended. And I was just in a constant state of bliss because it was just such great football going on. and so I'm kind of snowed in. Okay, so up in, I'm up in Connecticut right now, folks. And up here, you know, it's negative three outside. Everything, including my car, was covered in about an inch of ice um, this morning. So really, everyone was kind of snowed in. Like, it, it, So literally, all I could do yesterday was clean my room, play Xbox, watch football, and drink beer. So I did that. And it was great because for the first game, I watched it at my house before we went down to our neighbors to go watch the second one. We did like a little cool potluck and everything. So can I, I'm just going to start off with the first game because it lived up to the hype. I was, re- you know what the worst part was? It eerily reminded me of the Philadelphia New Orleans game, but in reverse. Yeah. Be- because everything came down to a fake punt when the great, the best, one of the best punters in football, Johnny Hecker, with the greatest special teams coach possibly in the last 30 years. John, what is it? Which fossil is it? John or Jim? It's John. John Bones Fossil. Just absolutely calling a dive play to the can- former Kane, Sam Shields, catching the car up, making a few dudes miss, and getting it, getting the first down. Y'all watch. It was a great play because the Saints were driving down the field. It literally looked like the Rams forgot they were playing for the first half, almost the first half, and it was amazing that they literally just started coming out with points quick because they looked lost. Yeah, it was. The game was not like you said. Lived up to the hype. Um, obviously, not as offensive as the first uh, time they played, but it was crazy. I mean, the the thing that the question though, like, is with the Rams going forward. What's up with Todd Gurley? Four carries for ten yards. He must be still hurt. He was like crying after the game, kind of like tearing up at a pro- press conference, and he has to be better and whatnot. It's like, well, I'm confused. He's a one thing I will always respect about Todd Gurley is that dude is a gamer. He Came back from a torn ACL in college. The dude is a weapon on all sides of the ball, on ball, like in all facets of offense. I think, yeah, he's got to be banged. I was talking about this today with a couple of people around, like the gym. He's got to be banged up. And also, I, you know what? I think two weeks of health will kind of help him a little bit because, you know, regardless, they're going to need everybody on deck because, you know, the Patriots are going to try to take away one weapon 
and we learned with Philadelphia last year, the way to get at New England is to use every weapon at your disposal. You can't just bear down on two. <coughs> Kansas City. Um, and then expect to win. Essentially, what cracked me up was that, yeah, he he ran for, everyone forgets, he did want have a beast mode run for a touchdown where he just, like, steamrolled his way through, like, a couple defenders and scored. Very LeGarrette Le blunt looking, I mean, but it was still a touchdown run. And... I gave him credit for that. Yeah, he he needs to play better, but at the same time, I think I think Gurley just needs to just catch a, a two week breather, which he's gonna get because I th- the dude hasn't been healthy since like week ten, and it it's starting to show because he just looks so banged up. And I just think the, they're very fortunate they had C.J. Anderson to kind of absorb some of the carries, but no Gurley takes away a lot of explosiveness out of that offense. They're a different animal. It really relied on Jared Goff to make some clutch throws, which he did, and clearly. He proved me wrong because I said he was going to be a after the year one. I kind of jumped the gun, yelling the whole bus card, and it's not golf is golf is a better Matt Ryan. That is what I think he is. Not yet. He has to win the game first. Okay, listen, listen, listen. Right now, he's at Matt Ryan level. He could be better than Matt Ryan if he wins the game. I agree. Because mechanics, style, everything else, he's part of that. Now, before everyone cuts my throat off. I'm saying as a type of quarterback, it's the Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, big, lanky, good accuracy, solid arm, good decision-making up top. Now, what they do in crunch time separates Brady from the rest of these jabronis, but he's still the same body type as a Matt Ryan or a Jared Goff. They're big, lanky, they've got good arms, but they're not that athletic. That is what they are. So I think he is part of that playing style. And to me... Goff has a chance to cement himself above Matt Ryan going forward. I was blown away by his ability to stand the pocket and just deliver darts. And he was throwing some balls. That I was just like, what? Like, everyone's going crazy about how, like, Brady threw all these backdoor throws that guys mysteriously turned around and caught. Got one of the throws Goff made uh, out of the backfield, literally he had a defender sitting on him going to the ground. He threw sidearmed it to, uh, I can't remember, I think it might have been, uh, Higby or one of the tight ends, like or Everett, or it was somebody coming out of the backfield in the flat, and it was phenomenal. I was like, it it set up. I think the the field, the uh, game time field goal was that drive, and mm-hmm. I was blown away. So I got to give Jared Goff. If we're gonna grade anything, Jared Goff's performance. Yeah, he he was shaky at first, and the pick didn't help, but he played out of his mind, and I loved it. I he he showed me some guts yesterday. And yeah, the pick the pick wasn't even his fault. I mean, Garley's got to catch that ball. Yeah. And uh, what's it called though? It's the funniest thing with the whole Jared Goff bust thing. He has the the one like free pass because Jeff Fisher was his coach. Like yeah. that is literally. Like, well, you literally, can't find another coach that. I mean, maybe Hugh Jackson, but oh, still. We'll you should have said that until we get to the rundown. Um, but uh, yeah, no. But I, I look at it like this. I. Loved his performance yesterday. He outdueled Drew Brees when it mattered most. And yeah, okay, so we're gonna hold off on talking about the elephant in the room for a couple more minutes because in over what made it in overtime, what made it great was when the game mattered most. That multi-million dollar defense that the that they paid for in the offseason made the plays, but it was a non. It was a guy they drafted. John Johnson the third, who has maybe one of the best names in football, just literally came up and yeah, I mean he's falling down, but makes the pick. But it was Dante Fowler, a guy they grabbed off of Jacksonville, who 
everyone was just not kind of writing off because he kept getting injured in Jacksonville. And honestly, I just think if you get drafted by Jacksonville, you're a 50-50 ball to suck anyway. But Fowler knocks the ball up in the air, and Johnson was just in the right place at the right time, and they got down the field, and Greg the leg Zerline just pounding it through the uprights. And you know our uh, our colleague, Mr. Brian Lynch, put in the chat, he goes, that would have been good from 65, and I completely agree. Because he hit that. It was a bomb. Like, I really want to see him do, like, him, Justin Tucker, are probably the two best kickers in football, and just power accuracy-wise. It's beautiful to watch. And, well, you know, special teams made the difference for the Rams. So we are now going to talk about the elephant in the room. And uh, bear with us here. So if you guys didn't miss it, Saints driving on the field to tie the game. And... Uh, what, what, Roby Coleman, what is his first name? Is it Michael or something? I don't know. Roby Coleman, the nickel corner for this uh, Rams, phenomenal nickelback. He's he's unbelievable. Probably one of the top five, top ten best nickel corners in the league. Literally got beat off the ball and during the motion. Uh, with whatever Lewis's first name, I think it's, it's like, like Tommy, Tommy Lee. It's Tommy yeah. Lee Lewis, which just cracks another me. great name. <laughs> another great name just comes across. He beat him to the edge. And Coleman doesn't even look up and just blasts him right off uh, into the sideline. Full-on NFL blitz, helmet-to-helmet and everything. And the refs missed it. Now, yes, it was completely pass interference. And and Roby Coleman was uh, quoted afterward as saying, I knew I got beat, I knew I had to hit him, and then when they didn't call it, I knew I got away with it, and you have to keep playing. That is the best way to look at that play. Everyone is screaming that Goodell should, you know, Replay the game, really un- undo the rule. Okay, listen, folks, I'm going to drop a reality bomb on you here, here quick, and we'll go on to this more in a little bit. The Saints then kicked the field goal, then got the ball on overtime, and then turned the ball over. I have no sympathy for these Saints right now, and we're going to talk about this later, Mark, if you want to hit anything else. I know we're going to cover this again in the rundown, but. Yeah, so basically, my theory on the play is that one, uh, Roby Coleman wasn't beat. He actually was in the perfect position if he would have just looked at the ball. Yeah, he had that ball. And he, he, that would have been a pick six easily. That's the only thing that bugs me. It's like, I mean, yeah, the play was terrible. He, there was like three different penalties he, on no, the play. No, no. Let me clarify. He said he thought he got beat. Oh, I know. I know. I'm saying if he would have just turned his head a little bit, he would have realized. I mean, he thought the ball was probably in the end zone, not right there. Yeah. When he, but, but the thing is that it's even a dumber play, though, because even if he – You'd rather have him score if you think he's going to beat because if you get that pass interference, game's over. Like, like that's the whole argument. Yeah, like, that that's the whole argument from the same. So team. his play to wreck uh, Tommy Lee uh, Lewis was just not a smart decision in the first place. He should have picked it off. But like you said, the then we'll transition into the uh, Pagers game. But like they had, the, they got the field goal, they got the ball, winning overtime. Like that's the now that like I said. We'll transfer, like I said, we'll motion that right now into how the Patriots and uh, Patriots and Chiefs and how everyone's freaking out about overtime and how it needs to be both teams touching the ball. The Saints just proved both teams touch the ball if your defense steps up. So, I mean, the whole argument that, yeah, the game would have been over most likely if the pass interference is called, they get the field goal with time expiring, they go to the Super Bowl. Didn't work out like that. You got your uh, luck. Luck came back where you came. They got the ball in overtime. You still blow it. There's no more excuses. I don't. I don't know. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about this a little bit. But yeah, no, that's it for me. I, I will. 
because I've got a nice little uh, snippet for those Saints fans. We'll get to the rundown. But <clears throat> next game, Patriots and Chiefs lived up to the hype. It was a phenomenal game. Mahomes making crazy throws. I mean, the Chiefs didn't show up for the first half, but, like, I it, mean. It felt like the Chargers game at first. Chargers-Patriots. I was like, oh, my God, please don't let this happen again. I know, because I was sitting there. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I just the, the double IPAs were helping me get through the first half because I was just like, oh, my God, I can't deal with this anymore. And then the Chiefs just woke up. And, and then you see Mahomes just chucking darts. And I'm like, okay. And then he throws a bomb to Tyreek Hill. I'm like, all right, they're in business. And then Kelsey scores. I'm like, okay, we're good. Because, <clears throat> you know what? I, I listen, and I'll, I'll say this once, and I'll, I've said this a thousand times. It's that I respect the Patriots dynasty. I respect the team. I've gotten over Spygate. We got a revenge last year. I um, I respect what the Patriot way is. I understand why they do it. I think the Eagles culture is more inviting, but whatever. Um. I, I respect everything about this franchise, Bob Kraft, all the way down to, like, Julian Edelman. Like, I respect the whole Patriot way. Here's the thing. The reason I despise them is because of their Sam Adams drinking, cigar sm- cigarette smoking, Boston Red Sox loving, dirty water drinking fans. Shots. Are that are good. so obnoxious. And there's a and like my cousin and I love my cousin. He's like my little brother. Here's the question. Here's the reason I get down his throat about the freaking Patriots. It's because of fans like him, who literally after we won the Super Bowl couldn't give us a fucking inch of credit. None. Oh, we blew the game. Our defense blew the game. Shut the fuck up. Take the loss like a man and walk away. I gotta give a shout to our boy Kevin Langley. He was the first Patriots fan besides like my neighbors who were actually mature adults who gave me an actual inch of credit as an Eagles fan said, you guys played amazing. Thank you. And it's, it's because of fans like that who, like, show no respect for the rest of the league or any team whatsoever. And it's the Dave Portnoy's and the Fighterbergs world. God, I want to punch Fighterberg in the head every time he puts an article about the Patriots up. At least Portnoy, I expect him to be a jackass. But Fighterberg tries to play victim, and I'm like, oh, God, here we go. And this is what drives me fucking crazy. The Patriots played great yesterday. But if they bought the Chiefs, oh my God, I would be rooting so hard for Indomitian Stu to step on Brady's foot and break it. It wouldn't even be fair. But I have no wish towards Brady or ill will towards Brady whatsoever because he's the GOAT. But I'm sick of the the, the narrative of the fans. They say us, yeah, us Eagles fans are horrible human beings. We've thrown batteries at Santa Claus. We have... One moron who's ruined it for everyone else ate horse shit. I want that kid <laughs> shot, but oh, that's Jesus. what it is. Or not shot, maybe, you know, <laughs> sentenced to be a Cowboys fan. I think that's worse. Um, That's what I feel like. And the problem is with – and that's 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 me going off and me trying to calm myself down here. But you, you see how I feel. I respect the Patriots. This was a good win. And we're going to talk about it for a second because now I, I, we're getting back on track here. <laughs> Sorry, you knew that we knew this was going to happen today. So I'm just sitting back and enjoying it. I okay, so, like it was just funny to me that with the whole you respecting the Patriots and all this Patriot way. But I feel like if we go back and look at some old uh, little recordings here, the Patriots are done. The Patriots aren't going to the Super Bowl this year. We're talking about the Super Bowl. The fans that propels those takes. As I say, the, the, well, the only thing is the only defense I can make for the fans. They don't know any better. Like they always have been like for the like the entire entirety of my life, pretty much. 
The Patriots, the no, Patriots have been good. No. The Celtics are now good. The Bruins have been good. The Red Sox since 2004 have been unbelievable. It's like they don't know how to be. That, a, that city is due for a sports drought, the likes of Cleveland. I, I'm just, I'm I sick. I just don't think it's going to, unless it, I, it's one of those things, I'll see it when I believe it because the team, it's crazy. Back to the well, game. I mean, I, I also, we could talk about how I think the Celtics are not going to make it that far in the playoffs at all this yeah, year. Yeah, but don't say that because you didn't think the Patriots make a Super Bowl this year and look what happened. No, I knew in the back of my mind there was an outside shot the second that the the Chargers crapped the bed. Um, but well, yeah, your Super Bowl pick was in the crap the bed. Shut up! You sound like Max Kellerman right now. Well, <laughs> whoa, you take that back. <laughs> oh man, that man, Max that man fired off his podcast. Don't that, ever that, talk that moron's name ever again. Max Kellerman was maybe the dumbest. Doing, thing. Make Skip Bayless look like a genius. He was doing everything in his might today to try to like make him not sound like an idiot, and he just made it sound worse because he's still saying Tom Brady's not like not the goat and everything like that. Either way, back to the game. Stupid, crazy game. Uh, the Patriots, the third and five, their third and ten, third and ten, getting it felt like the stinking Eagles and Saints game. I mean, every third down they felt like they got. But people need to like everyone hates Cody Parkey, D Ford. Like I don't wish ill upon anybody, but that offside—that man is the reason why they lost. That, that yo, if he is an offsides, the, the Patriots are not in the Super Bowl. Yeah, the the, the Chiefs are walking into are are like celebrating. Era the path of Kansas City is probably burnt to the ground by now, and there's some good barbecue cooking out there. Instead, it's like a freaking like a morning parade today because yeah, D Ford, God bless the guy because he's a, such a talented pass rusher, but. You gotta know if you eat. Okay, I played defensive end in high school. I know the basic rule. It doesn't. It's not that hard. You see where the ball is. Your hand can be literally up against where the ball is placed. But once your head is over the ball, that's offsides, and that's pushing it. Most guys will have like a, a inch or two separation from where the ball is because they know some refs are stingy about where the line, the, the neutral zone is. So if D four knows that. He should have lined up instead of trying to get an advantage, especially on a play that important. So that's it for me. I mean, and one more thing, and everyone's going crazy, but oh, the Chiefs shot themselves in the foot right before overtime. They had nine seconds, they had 12 seconds left on the clock, and they had a time for maybe one more shot at the end zone. They were on the 20. It wasn't like they needed a full 13 seconds to get rid of the ball. Chuck one out because you know if you lose that toss in overtime, you're going to lose. And what happened? They kicked the field goal. They go to overtime. They lose. I, I I saw it. It was like watching the Titanic. It was like watching the Falcons Super Bowl over again. They score games yeah. over, and they just they well, yeah. But eight seconds, and I mean, you'd have to have Mahomes was, throw like a forty yard bomb, and then thir- call it was thirteen, out. and they were on the twenty. That's 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 a skinny post, and it gets knocked down. They get they have two seconds on the clock to kick field goal. Games over. Yeah, that. that. Maybe, I'm saying. And then they, when they run that, the only thing is they run that, and then the turnover. If I'm Andy Reid, I do that. I would. I think he was hoping that coin flip worked out. Either way, I think. I would uh, never rely on a coin because it's probably weighted when you're playing the Patriots. (laughs) Either way, uh, the next argument with that whole thing, though, is the um, overtime issues and how. Oh, people, both teams should have the ball. It it's not college. college. Get over yourselves. I guess. And then Ryan Clark put it great today on ESPN. Even he though said, his take on Wentz and Foles made me want to punch a wall. Well, I didn't, I didn't see that part. But I know it's I, the I take on, on it now. 
uh, the take they had for this little thing, it's like you, he said they were like, oh, well, in the regular uh, regular part of the game, they have all this time to both get the ball, blah, blah. He's like, yeah, but now you're in overtime. It's different. You don't. Both teams do not technically have to have the ball. Your defense should be able to make a stop. That's that simple. And I think he's right. Like, if the Chiefs wanted to win that game, they make one stop. They had about three third downs. That's all they had to do was stop them one time. Okay. So. Um, so all the Chiefs also, fans they, that are they, bitter they, about that, they it's like one of those third and tens. You deserve to lose. Game over. The Chiefs. The Chiefs nailed their own coffin in when they didn't go for it with that one with a couple seconds left before they kicked the field goal. And on top of that, couldn't stop them once they got into overtime. They lost the game. That's it. That's all. Chiefs weren't good enough this year, and that D Ford play killed them. It, essentially, it, it, it was the mistake. Teams will always the way the Patriots have won so many Super Bowls. It's not because they beat you; it's because they make you beat yourself. They're the smartest team, up to bottom. The way that Belichick and Brady run that ship, they make you overthink everything. And when you lose to the Patriots, it's not because they either they're going to blow you out because you're just a crap team, or you overthink everything. And you constantly shoot yourself in the foot, and you lose. Yep. That's what happens. <clears throat> I agree. And that's it. That that's my two cents on this. Congratulations to the Patriots and Rams for going to the Super Bowl. Well deserved to both teams. Let's hit the rundown. <clears throat> All right. So rundown. We'll start it off with something close to home. And it is a report came out today from a very known uh sports writer for Philadelphia that supposedly Eagles teammates of Carson Wentz are not happy with him. He's selfish. Supposedly has a big ego. Doesn't like to do uh, things with the team. He's very all about himself. Um, I think it's a bunch of BS. I mean, you got guys coming out on Twitter. You got Fletcher Cox, Zach Ertz, Lane Johnson, all these guys. Like, like the core, the like the core guys, the guys that franchise is built around. <clears throat> yeah, they're coming back. Uh, like it's just Grenade Sudfeld. He said he's in, he's with him all the time. He never sees any of that. It's just crazy. Like that. Th- like this is the same guy. That posted after the Eagles said that they're going to go with Wentz. He's the one that posted and said, uh, Foles or Wentz, the decision needs to be made after it already was po- told and they already decided. He's he's a, he's a clickbaiter. It's crazy. And this is why I get, as a, as a sports writer, I went to school for this crap and we do this now and all of like the stuff we try to do to cover it. I'm actually putting out an article about this selfless plug right here. It should be up by tomorrow. I'm sick of this lo- this line. Wentz was named as the starter. They are going to get rid of Foles, either by trade or let him walk, and they're not going to pick up the option. Most likely, they're going to try to find a trade for him first before they do that, because it's ridiculous. Yes, Foles was great, but let's also forget, home field advantage, a most 100% healthy team minus Wentz and like one other injury on the, injury on the defense, and that's it. There was not that much missing from the Eagles team last year. And they also have the element of surprise on everything. So when you go when you look at it, that's it. Wentz was not healthy at all this year. I think he was th- healthy for three games. Jacksonville and the two games for OSAC. And then the second he got hit against that first Dallas game, he was never the same again. And then by the second Dallas game, his back shot and they had to pull him. And Foles wasn't that great in the playoffs. He played okay. He played okay. He played solid. But it wasn't anything that was revelation enough to make us think that Wentz was going to lose the job to him. So this needs to be shot dead, put out to pasture, and blown away with an automatic shotgun until it is gone. 
in just vapors. Like Thanos just snap his fingers and this whole story needs to evaporate in the dust where it belongs. I'm done with this crap. I'm just I'm just Y'all curious see? with the resources that like it, the guy that posted that no sources. Well, listen, it, it, you know what? If even if it was like Alshon Jeffrey and Jason Peters who are pissed at Wentz, you know what? Off season, you work it out and you do it. And yeah, I I, I hopefully it's not Jeffrey because he's one of my favorite players or Peters. I think this is something because the Eagles have a culture where this wouldn't won't stand for too much longer. That's the way that team is run with the Malcolm Jenkins and the Lane Johnsons and Fletcher Cox. And even now, if they hang on to a Michael Bennett and like, I love that. Golden Tate apparently is like screaming. He wants to come back. You also have um, Brandon Graham wants to take the hometown discount. There's a culture and it's great at the way it's built there. This will subside very quickly. I I'm not really worried about it as much as I'm just annoyed that we have to keep hearing about this shit because it's taking away good air airways from what was an amazing Sunday night of football. So this is stupid. We should just move on. All right. So talking about cancers in the locker room, Carmelo Anthony. Oh damn! (laughs) He was traded to the Bulls for one of those stupid trades that uh, supposedly Woj said that this trade pretty much means that. The Bulls, I guess, are going to pay or wait. They're going to waive him, and somebody will have to pay out his contract. Either way, there's Melo news. I don't know why. I don't think he's worth the on any team right now. They keep these. There's stupid videos that come out on Twitter of him shooting threes in a lifetime fitness gym. It's like, dude, you're you're that's what you're supposed to do for a living. Like, cool, you're shooting threes and you're making them. I don't care. Like, it's just it, it's so frustrating. You know what? His career just took such a nosedive the second he left New York. And, the second he went to New York. Uh, that's true. I mean, like, Carmelo in Denver was amazing. That was, like, was, like breathtaking to watch. Like, and the second he became, like, the solo act in New York, and it's just, like, I just, it became a joke. And I, I you know what? Talk about such a wasted talent Seriously. with how much potential. Like, this guy could have been amazing. Gone down, like, the, the caverns of NBA history. Gone down like the, the, the Raptors of NBA history is one of the greatest scorers of all time and played on some great teams, but no, he is so was so selfish, went to the wrong teams, and it's gonna kill his career. I don't think it was him, LeBron, and uh Wade. Like it was them three. They were like taking the league by storm. And then it's just he like fell off. As soon as he went to New York, he became this like uh just he changed his game. He like got kind of like chunky and he didn't like couldn't dunk like a he used to be a powerful dunker. He used to be a high riser, and then now it's just it, it's frustrating. I don't know what team's going to end up picking him up if anybody. He's not going to. I up. guarantee he won't play. He may never see a single minute this year, and that's why well, I think. But I don't think this would be happening if that wasn't the case. I think I could see him going to honestly like the Heat or something now, just like play one one more year with Wade or something like that. Something weird like that. I mean, it's just the whole thing's crazy, but. Whatever. <laughs> Goes to Lakers get... with LeBron, and LeBron yells him in the locker room for an hour to shut up and shoot threes. I mean, I mean, if he's gonna be a consistent three point shooter, the Lakers should use him. But I just don't think because he's good Brandon for Ingram matches. is just an idiot, and I just think he was a waste of a draft pick. I remember there was legit talks between him and Simmons. I was like, I mean, Simmons right now, he's obviously he's rookie of the year last year, quote unquote. Um, but he's also proving though that he's not and a finisher of the game. But that's another topic for another day. Listen, he did bet he is dating Kendall Jenner, so I've got to get back <sighs> for that. 
Yeah, but it's it's a, it's another. I don't like it. I don't like it. stay away from the Kardashians. Never good things come out of it, other than lots of money. But I think we should uh, have Kardashian and Travis Scott's career has done pretty well since he, he hooked up with Kylie. So I mean, I think it might just be Kardashians, not Jenner's. But uh, anyway, keep moving on. <laughs> All right, so back to so we said we were going to wait to do some little Saints talk and other things. We have <sighs> can I let the, the Saints go? fans? The oh, Saints God. fans are they have created a petition to replay the game because of that ending <laughs> and no can regulation. I, can, I have, can I have a water bottle filled with their tears and Sean Payton's tears, please? I want it on my wall. This is just – it's beautiful. And if you guys missed on – I think it was Thursday, I literally ripped apart the Saints for an hour. I think on Monday I did it too about the classlessness of what they did after they beat the Eagles, a team who gave them nothing but respect – even after they ramped the score on us. The only lack of respect they gave us was the fact that Malcolm Jenkins dropped a double bird on them, which was well-deserved. But, um, and, oh, yeah, Sean Payne, how are those three effing games working, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I just, it's making me so happy. And I know it's like, you know, like, like don't, it's, it's almost like when you see, like, a supervillain get what's coming to them. It's like when you watch a movie and you see, like, the villain get, like, you know, he does something horrible to somebody, but then, like, you know, like, he's out in the woods taking a leak and then, like, a bunch of bears eat him or something like that. That's, like, literally what I'm thinking of. Like, you're watching some, like, mo- like comedy or like some movie. It's like karma caught up with the person. This is what it feels like to me. The Saints were just disrespectful as hell to the defending champs. And... I didn't even like when the Eagles celebrated with Chief Keith in Chicago. I knew that was going to come back to bite him in the ass, and it did. And look what happened. It came back and bit the uh, it came back and bit the Saints in the ass. Thank God the, the um, thank God the what's it called? The Rams weren't dancing. Their dropkick Murphys in the locker room, or we'd all be screwed. But um, so to me, this is just perfect. And the fact that they're crying this hard about get over it. The Saints had a chance to win the game. They could not stop Dante Fowler. He hit the court. He hit Breeze. The ball was up in the air. And John Johnson literally sat on his ass and caught the ball. And then they got three plays down the field, and Greg the Legs Zerline pounded one through the uprights that probably would have been good from 70 yards. So you know what? I love that they're crying this hard about this. And if they thought this killed their momentum in that game, then they had no right to be in the Super Bowl anyway because no t- no winning team gets that like, lets a call kill their morale like that. No stable team. You want to talk about how many times teams have taken on the been in the Super Bowl? Like, let's talk about how the Ravens nearly lost to the 49ers because the power went out in that Super Bowl. Did you see the Ravens complain about it? No, they finished off the Niners when it mattered most. Champions. Don't let small bullshit take away from their wins. And the Saints clearly were not champions because they let this get, they let that call get to their heads. And it you could tell it happened because the second that pick happened, the, the Rams were just right down the field. Zerline knocks one through and the game's over and bounces sword to the force. I love it. It's great. It, it it was perfect to me. I I literally had like the best laugh. When it happened, and everyone's like, "Why are you so happy that the Saints got screwed?" I'm like, "Because it's such karma," and and it's not even because they beat us. If they beat us, but it was like it was like very respectful. Like they were like, you know, all it was all love. Like like you know, 
I would have been fine with it, but they had to do the thing with the ski mask and dancing to Meek Mill. You know what? The football gods got them back, and it made me so happy. So that's my little like two cents on it. <laughs> Just a couple cents. Um, that like, yeah, that kind of this kind of meshes with the next topic too, and how Michael Thomas tweeted out today: Rule Seventeen, Section Two, Article Three in the NFL rules. And he says, hey, Roger, pick up the phone. The rule states that Roger Goodell has the power to reschedule a game or reverse a result based off of something that happened in the game that might cause it. And could you imagine if Roger Goodell I... switched the outcome of the game because of what you say is not one, not the worst call in the history of football, but I would say it's pretty It's up there. there. No, 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 don't get me wrong. It's up there. But I don't think it's the worst. It's it, I don't know. It it is bad. I mean, like you said, oh, it's the horrible. Saints, the Saints. Either way, the Saints had the opportunity. They made the field goal. They were winning. All they had to do was not let the uh, Rams get in the field goal position to tie the game. They did. Got the ball. They had all opportunities to still win the game. But if that call, which ten times out of ten should be called, and that ref. Sorry, don't want to take say you should be fired, but you probably should be fired. Oh no, he's probably unemployed today. Yeah, so I mean, that would be oh my god, I cannot imagine. Roger Goodell is already the most hated human being. For he wouldn't do it. He knows that. I, I don't think anybody has the balls. Here's the here's the, here's the other thing about this, and this is why I love the NFL fans because besides the Saints fans who were robbed, I will give you that. But the, your team also blew it at the end, so you can't really just say we were robbed. No. Your team, your team. The second something went wrong, you guys folded like a house of cards. It was over. It was like the momentum got sucked into that stadium. The only argument I have, though, is if that was the Eagles, I would be exactly oh, doing the Saints. But <laughs> like, I mean, to be, we're being but, honest. No, I totally. If if the Saints fans weren't such shitheads, I wouldn't. I would. I would feel for them because if that was the Eagles, I'd be crying. I would be like screaming to high hell about it. But yeah. it's karma, and two. Nobody else gives a crap besides the media and the Saints fans. I have not talked to a single fan today who gives a It may be some NFC West fans who just don't want to see the Rams win a Super Bowl. But to me, nobody else gives a shit. Yeah, it was bad, but at the end of the day, like, they still had a chance to win, and they lost. And they're crying about it. Hey, Mike Thomas, focus on getting open in the last play instead of just, you know, letting John Johnson fall on his ass and get to the ball. Because Thomas was the guy next to him. So, you know what? I have no sympathy. It's over. And good riddance. Put the, whole, put the villains to bed. My fellow Jared, Jared Goff, get, making our namesake proud. And uh, hopefully Todd Gurley's back to 100% far. Go Rams. Um, All right, next topic. Uh, <laughs> something that's taken the world by storm. Just kidding. It's just another little random snippet that baseball just loves to keep the name of the news, but Sonny Gray actually got traded from the Yankees to the Reds. Doesn't really, I mean, I figured to mention it, you know, we're all spool on sports podcasts, not just football or basketball. Got to give baseball some love. Yeah. Sonny Gray to the Reds. I I don't know exactly what all's involved, but there goes the, like I said, the Yankees are just getting rid of their starters and getting rid of that huge bullpen. See what we happens. talked about this last week and we had our boy, Donnie baseball hit us up fresh kicks podcast. Shout out. And, um, he was like, he had no idea what the hell they're doing. And I still, um, 
They just signed the guy on a minor league deal who he was the guy who had the brain hemorrhage eight months ago. His name is so David something. His name is so hard to pronounce. But either way, I guarantee Sonny Gray is going to go back to his old self the second he gets back to Cincinnati, who's actually putting together a decent team. You get Puig, you get Sonny Gray, you got Joey Votto there. You got a. I, I kind of like what they're building out there. It's not. You got Zach Cozart. It's not the worst team. Yeah. And like you know what, going forward, who knows? Maybe the Reds make a run this year. But uh, because at least one team in Cincinnati has to be, not be complete horse crap. So I mean, you know, like shout out Bengals. Um. So I like it. I you know I think the Yankees might have shot themselves in the foot. They better have a plan for their back end of the starting rotation. But you know whatever. Good for Sonny Gray to get out of that get out of that market because he clearly was not ready for the big city. Okay, and so then a little pre-show meeting you brought up that our uh, guy Baker Mayfield, but I think it was either pre-game. It was, it was somewhere the Fox NFL Sunday. It was in the pre-game yeah. or maybe on Fox One they were doing something. Yeah, they were baking. That little pun there, I love it. They were baking. It was Cooper Manning, the oldest Manning that people forget about. He, uh, there was him and uh, Baker Mayfield, and they did a little skit, and they were talking about, I don't know, I can't remember exactly. I know you, I think you have more fond memory, but yeah. basically, Baker Mayfield hates Hugh Jackson. Look he it up. He literally it's a great goes, video. he goes, he goes, um, Cooper, by the way, the best looking of the Manning brothers, which actually isn't a hard of a competition. <laughs> um, he got one who looks like he's like, I don't even know how to describe Eli. He just looks like he's always trying to pass a kidney stone. And then you have Eli Ma- Paid Manning, who can land a 747 on his forehead. But, uh, like, <laughs> or Cooper, least- Cooper, Cooper, uh, Manning gets an A on the report card. <laughs> Cooper Manning for, for, looks. for his, for his for handsomeness gets a report card. So, he said something about like better than you, and then Baker goes better than you, and just it's just it just little things like this. Baker hates Hugh Jackson so much, and I love it. That's I love it this petty. I love it because it works for him. If you had Aaron Rodgers do this shit, everyone rip him apart. But Baker Mayfield is his own persona, and it fits with what he does. If if Baker Mayfield went up and shook Hugh Jackson's hand after the super after they whooped the Bengals, it would have sucked. I'm like, oh, this is lame. No, he like stares him down on the sideline. I love this. I love Baker. I love all this whole shtick. How much he hates Hugh Jackson. Probably one of the worst coaches in NFL history. Who used to be a, a football genius and that dissipated quickly. So um, I love it. Baker, I give you an A, buddy. And Cooper, you got a, you got a little man crush here. <laughs> Let, let's put this perspective. It really isn't that hard to be the best looking Manning brother. It's a very fair point. All right, I and could then... be the best. I, I probably I, if I was a Manning, I'd be the best looking Manning brother. So you know, it's and I am hope. That's why we are on a podcast, and not yeah. Radio. I got a face for radio, and so does Mark. Uh oh. And then uh, so the last topic is Tony Romo. Absolutely, I thought did an amazing job uh, last night for the game. People are giving him shit. Man knows every play that's coming. There's, I was listening to a po- another podcast today, and it talked about how there's a sort, some there's a conspiracy going on that Tom or Tony Romo can listen in. He hears the plays being called, so he knows what's happening. If that happens, I'd be very disappointed. But either way, Bryce Harper with a fire, awesome tweet. I, lo- said, I love Bryce Harper. He is like the <laughs> superstar baseball needs yep. to face because look, look at this. He's like every guy who's ever like thought about this. I, I, I can't remember the two off the top of my head. You got it in front of you? 
Yeah, he said, confirm. Just called Tony Romo to see where I'm playing next year. Like, I how great this. is that? I saw this at the gym today. I was cr- I was laughing so hard. I'm like, are you kidding me? This is what he said. Uh, listen, I, you know what? I, I would rather, like, I know this would never happen, but, like, if the Diamondbacks gave Bryce Harper the entire, like, their entire salary, be fine with it. Because he's the kind of guy you want your team. He's a hustle guy. He hits home runs, and he has fire tweets like this. This is what is great about this guy, and this is why every team should be chucking billions of dollars at him. If anybody deserves a lucrative contract, it's Bryce Harper, not Manny. I can't hustle down the line, Machado with my crappy cornrows. Like, I, this is awesome. I give this like if they're if we were doing the report card right now, I give this an A plus because yes, maybe I can't. I think Tony Romo. The more and more I hear him on the air, I realize how dumb the Cowboys were to get rid of him. If this guy, because like he's just he's a genius. He knows everything. So there's a lot of talk going around now about he should be getting screw the booth. He should be getting there. Like people are saying, offensive coordinator. It's like no, he should be defensive coordinator because he knows what's going to happen every play. Yeah, he knows how. Like he he can like I, I just you know I love this. I love it so much. This is perfect. And this per- tweet was perfect. And I also love you know the fact that you know they just got rid of Scott Lenahan and every Cowboys fan in our chat and also like you know I know it's like oh this is going to help. I'm like. You guys have a Toyota Prius for a quarterback. It's not really going to help you that much. It was just crazy how I went from hating Tony Romo so much to being like oh. getting getting giddy when he goes, I don't know, Jim. I don't know about this one. Well, and also, just... Jim Nance, as much as I, the guy's got a great voice for when it comes to broadcasting, anything beats Joe Buck. I can't, you know, I don't even mind Joe Buck anymore, anymore as I just can't stand Troy Aikman on the freaking microphone. The Cowboys bias that guy swings with is ridiculous. See, I don't, I don't see it as much as you do. I hear it when he's so. I've had to, I had to suffer through two Cowboys Eagles games, both called by Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, and both times. Actually, no, the first one was uh was uh Michaels and Collinsworth, who I don't even mind. I I just can't stand Troy Aikman. Anything to do with the Cowboys, it's ridiculous. I I I'm you know I actually would rank him lower than Collinsworth, and that's really saying something. But, he is saying something. Like I said, it's crazy though, how we all went from despising Tony Romo to now his high pitch little things. I'm happy he's doing the Super Bowl. It could be, it's gonna be fun. Yeah, and he, I, the man. I think it's so funny how many times you refer. He says Jim. Like, he said, "What do you think about that, Jim?" Like, Tony, it's just you two in the booth. Obviously, when you're talking to somebody, you're talking to Jim Nance. Like, you don't have the same <laughs> hey, listen, name every time. They listen. The cow. They have three cowboys in the booth right now. At least one of them has to be decent. Do you imagine if every time we talk, like, all right, uh, what do you think about that, Jared? What do you like, think about what that? If I said that every well, time. I mean, you got on my case when we used to do our introductions. Ever, I'm like, Jared, they know who we are. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, unless we introduce somebody, like, we're not gonna. It's nothing's gonna change here. So, either way, Tony Romo, good job. Yeah, we end up, like I said, we almost mixed in a report card in here a little bit. I know but. we had like a little. But we're gonna say that the actual report card for Thursdays. Maybe we'll have our boy Juice come on, help us with it a little bit. It's going to be fun. Or we'll have one of the belly up dummies come help us either way. Um, and that's it. That wraps that, up the rundown. That wraps up the rundown. And ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the smooth jazz. And first off, I got a couple things I want to talk about here. So first of all, shout out to all of our followers, supporters, listeners, people who like us on Facebook who have supported Belly Up so far. I have been now with Belly Up for about five, six months, and I love it. I, the experience is great. I work with a great group of dudes, and sometimes some now ladies who have come work with us, and I'm loving this. I really hope I can do this for a living because this is like this is what I went to school for. This is my dream. 
So first of all, shout out to our our uh, our bosses, Mike, Brandon, and Brian, and Blaine, and all the admin guys, even our boy Mark here, the director of social media. You guys have been killing it, and hopefully we have a great 2019. Second off, if anyone, if I hear one more damn person complaining about how the playoffs suck this year, I'm gonna rip my hair out because from start to finish, this NFL playoffs, except for the Chargers and freaking Patriots game and Mark if you say I was my Super Bowl pick one more time I'm going to come to Philly and kick you in the head it, it was, was Super Bowl pick shut up <laughs> I'm fired you're fired um I love I love this playoff this was great even though the Patriots were in the, are in the Super Bowl I, I could I could I could actually root for the, the Rams because I love Ty Gurley holy crap the amount of ice that just came down outside my window whew Mark pray for me um <laughs> The world's uh, coming to end. Yeah, the world's coming to an end up here in Connecticut where it's like five degrees outside right now. But yeah, no, I it's just this has been a great playoffs. We've been very honestly very fortunate. And uh hopefully I get my prediction right like I did for the college football final. Cause uh, you know, I'm shooting to one of one one of one this year so far. So uh that's about it for me. Uh Mark, anything else? No, nope. We'll be back uh Friday. Like I said, hopefully our boy Juice will be on. We'll let you know. Yeah, we'll keep you in the loop and uh, look forward to more guests coming Super Bowl week as well as we're going to have some mixing in some of the belly up guys coming on as well. It should be fun. All right, that's about it for me and Mark, and we will catch you all on Thursday. Peace. This episode of The Corner Booth has been brought to you by Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Follow your host on Twitter at Belly Up Jared and at Mark Riley.